Welcome to the Men's Leadership Network podcast, where each month we're exploring what it means to be a godly leader in our homes, workplaces, and communities. We want to be a resource for men who are seeking spiritual leadership principles so that they can live and lead differently in all aspects of their life. This initiative is not just about reaching, but equipping men for Christ. Now this week's episode. Well, hey, men, welcome to Men's Leadership Podcast. We are so glad you're joining in today. And man, God has been doing some amazing things right now through MLN and through Verses recently. And wow, I hope every guy, you had an opportunity to be there. It was a powerful night. We're going to be talking about that today and kind of breaking that down and then kind of where do we go from here? And so as men, you know, we are in a spiritual battle and sometimes we forget that. And so we get focused on the physical when we forget about the spiritual that's happening all around us. But it impacts every relationship we have. It impacts our jobs. It impacts every part of our life. And so I've got Jacob Scripture with us today. And Jacob is our adult discipleship pastor here at Rolling Hills and just an amazing man of God. And so you're going to love this podcast. You get ready, man, just to be uh, drinking deeply of the things that God will speak to you today. So Jacob, thanks for joining us. Man, glad to be here. Oh, it's Love awesome. It. Man, hey, tell us a little bit about your family, you and your family. Yes. Uh, so I've been married for almost 15 years now wow. to my wife, Shanna, coming up in January on our 15-year anniversary. It's funny, like when we went, our, we went on our free honeymoon, <laughs> and we always said, like, at 15 years, then we'll have all the money we want to go wherever we want to. But now we have 19 kids, so we can't afford to go uh, anywhere. Uh, you do have about 19 kids. It, it, yeah. I was telling somebody earlier today, it feels like 19 kids. It's only four of them, but it's like they multiply at night, and like uh, like gremlins, you know. But but they're cute, like the the mugwai before it turns to a gremlin. Um, but I have four kids. I have a nine-year-old son, a six-year-old son, a four-year-old son, and then an almost six-month-old daughter. Wow. So, um, you know, we're just still learning the rhythm of what that looks like to oh, have yeah. that many children. So, but man, we, we definitely have fun all the time. And then school's letting out today. So figuring out what to do with them <laughs> during the summer, every camp we can find, we are um, trying to put them in places of, to keep them busy and us to have some free time, but also places of strong discipleship, strong character building things to continue the things that they're doing during the year. And also, um, just like we talk with other families about making church the priority of making sure yeah. we're here uh, every weekend, weekend beer, building into their character and their spiritual lives. So. I love that. I love that. So not much baseball happening around your house right now, is there? No, just a little bit. Just a little, just a little you bit. You coaching, man. they're playing. Yes, yeah, like... running from field to field. But yeah. I was telling, like, we always see so many, you know, church people and neighborhood people. So there's a lot of ministry that happens there at the field. But at the same time, it's like, man, you're always at the field. I was like, sometimes I'd rather be here talking to people I know than arguing about video games and things like that uh, at the house. They're staying active, staying busy. Cause you know, with boys, you want to keep them oh, yeah. moving. I yeah. mean, we're not, we're not trying to create major league baseball players, but we are trying to keep them moving <laughs> and active and not just sitting around all the time for sure. That's great. Well, you're a great husband and a great father. And I love watching you do your life. So tell us about your faith story. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting because, you know, I think about my sons um, and, you know, like my nine-year-old. He's been to church more times in his nine years than I did in my first 24 years, you wow. know, of life because I, I didn't really grow up in a in a church home. Loving parents, very caring uh, people, but church just wasn't something we, we did together. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'd gone, growing up, I went to church a couple of times with my grandparents. 
Um, I remember watching Billy Graham with mm-hmm. my grandmother and saying, you know, this, this man's talking about something different than mm-hmm. I've ever heard before. So really my first encounter with Jesus was watching Billy Graham with my grandmother. Wow. Um, and I remember when I was able to preach at her funeral of telling that story of like my mm. faith journey points back to her sitting down and, and, and putting me in this place to be uh, in the message of Jesus and hear it um, from the preacher of preachers, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I went to church a couple of times with friends and youth group, but really um, it wasn't until my mid-20s to where I truly met Jesus mm-hmm. for the first time. And, you know, I, when I was 14, I had prayed a prayer um, of, you know, asking Jesus into my heart, but there were, I didn't know what I was doing. There was really no life change in between that. And between 14 and 24, kind of lived a crazy life, kind of um, all the things, you know, of trying to control um, relationships around me, trying to, Jacob was the king of the world, and mm. I tried to live as if I was building my kingdom. And, you know, when I came to my mid-20s, um, I just always say I felt like I had a backpack filled with bricks Mm. uh, and I just couldn't go anymore. Like something was going to happen that day. And I I rolled out of bed and um, that's the day I truly met Jesus. And I felt like he took off that backpack filled with bricks, the the backpack filled with all my shame, all my sin, all the things I had done. And I truly understood grace that day, you know, um, because it was all forgiven. And that's kind of simultaneously when I was called to ministry of God saying, now you understand grace spend the rest of your life preaching the gospel of Amen. praise. And of mm. course I was like, okay, Lord, I have no idea what that means. Mm. I don't have any Christian friends in my life. I don't know any Christians really. Um, so I just went and sat in the back row of a church that was closest to my house. And I remember people trying to talk to me and I was like, I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> um, I'm just here and I want to hear more about God. Um, and that, that kind of went on for a little bit of time of me just kind of being isolated mm. as a Christian um, and just with the theme of what we're talking about today with verses, it wasn't until I had godly men and women in my life that were uh, examples to me and started to disciple me to where I truly started to grow in Christlikeness. Mm-hmm. I was hungry. I was, I was looking for information. I was looking for knowledge. But I didn't start growing in wisdom and Christlikeness until I had other men and women in my life, but specifically men who showed me what it meant to be a Christian man, mm-hmm. what it meant to follow God with the temptations of what it means to be a young man in this world. And as I became a husband and father, what it looks like to be um, a follower of Christ in those things. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know about you, but in my parenting and in my marriage, there's the place I'm challenged the most to be not Mm Christ-like. Well, this is not the way I wanted it to go. You're not doing what I asked you to do. Uh, And those are the places where I need examples of other men to say, you know, this is the way you should go. This is what it looked like for Jesus to do what he would do if he was you in this situation. And they're modeling that for me. So uh, just a short, that's the the quick version of it. But uh, God has been so faithful over the years to put men in my life, to help me, to in the valleys that there's people there with me, um, to when I stumble, to have grace and to keep forgiving me and and keep giving me opportunities to uh, even lead other men in, in those things as men have led me. Wow, I love that, Jacob. I mean, man, look at what God's doing in your life and just so thankful and so grateful for you and the example you are. And Man, all glory to our great God, you know. Amen. It's powerful. Amen. So, hey, let's talk a little bit about verses. And um, what a night. I mean, it was incredible. I mean, the worship was just unbelievable. I mean, having Shay Mooney there, you know, leading awesome. worship with our team. Uh, Rolling Hills worship team was just unbelievable that night. 
And then, you know, Mike Fisher and then Tim Tebow. I mean, wow. Yeah. Uh, it, it was powerful. What, what stood out to you about that night at Versus? Tim Tebow's arms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stood out to everybody. <laughs> I mean, that guy's still in such great physical shape. I mean, I just, I started, I had to go work out that night just so I felt <laughs> like I was in the same planet as him. Dude, he's a beast. Uh, no, but like back to my testimony before. What if Versus would have been around then for me to go to like even if somebody i would have gone if i would have known there was a place hey there's a bunch of christian men learning how to follow jesus together i would have been like oh this is where i need to be and you know of so oftentimes in my ministry i think about how could i have ministered to me of where i was in the Ooh. dark places in the valleys um and even as i was asking questions and becoming a follower of christ um how do we build ministry around it and i think versus is a great example of a place for Young men, older men, wherever they are, of finding a place to just be in community to know that we're that we're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I remember seeing that night is a, a bunch of men saying, "You know, there's many different reasons why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Maybe a friend invited me. Maybe I just want to hear Tim Tebow. Maybe I heard there was food trucks or whatever <laughs> it is. But God had been working in all their lives to put them there for a reason." Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about this all the time that, you know, whether we've been a follower of Christ 40 years or 40 minutes, we all have a next step to take. And that God used verses to give a lot of men next steps to take in what it looks like to follow Christ of where they are in their seasons of life. So that was that was the one of the biggest things is like, man, I wish I would have had this when I was growing in my faith, which I still am growing in my faith. Don't hear me say that. Um, but when I was when I was just a, a immature Christian, still trying to to find other men in my life. So that was one of the biggest things that stood out. Wow. Yeah. It, yeah. That night, I mean, it was it was just so powerful. And then seeing all those men respond. I mean, yeah. holy cow. I mean, 40 yeah. plus guys coming down in front of, I mean, you're making a bold statement when you're walking down in front of all those yeah. other men. Like, I'm yeah. going to come stand down here in front of you and I'm making a commitment to follow Jesus. You know? And it wasn't a short walk either. Oh, no. Oh. So like, when you're making that commitment, you're saying, I'm going to walk this long path. Yeah. But really, it's a great illustration of what the following Christ is. Yes. It is a long path. Yeah. It is a place of saying, I'm going to stand up in my faith. I'm going to stand for my faith and I'm not going to back down and I'm going to take it all the way to the end, which is seeing Christ and him saying, well done, faithful servant. Mm. Yeah. But that, that was definitely my fa- favorite part of like, you know, you think you do an event like that. Some people will come to Christ, but to see so many come <laughs> to Christ and to be able to be to be honored and blessed to be one of the men that got to go down there and pray with them. Oh, yeah. Um, And even, you know, I just had lunch with one of those guys who accepted Christ and talking about, you know, what God's doing in his life now. And one of his greatest encouragement was, you know, seeing men and saying, these are guys just like me, struggling Mm -hmm. with the things I'm struggling with, Um, even talk you know hearing Tim Tebow. That's just a regular guy. Yeah. He's just a guy. More people know him than know me. But he's just a regular guy yeah. who's just trying to follow Christ and what he's doing. Mm. And that encouragement of knowing that he wasn't alone mm. and that there's other men like him struggling with his struggles that have not made a profession of faith. Mm-hmm. Like once he saw multiple men go and he was like, I can do this too. Yeah. And him making that decision and him got and, and meeting with him to figure out like what's God trying to do in his life now? How's he going to get into community? Yes. Uh, what does it look like to start read the Bible on a daily basis, mm. you know, and where to start and things like that. So that was amazing to be a part of, just even on the street level that yeah. came out of it. Wow, I love that. Hey, how would you summarize Tebow's message that night? I mean, it was so powerful. But, but man, if you were kind of like to break it down into a summary, you know, for guys who were there, just kind of recap. But for guys who weren't there, I mean, what, what would you say kind of summarizing that? You know, 
just from my perspective, it was interesting. You know, I've seen, I've watched Tebow's career. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the jump pass and the, <laughs> you know, all that, and playing football in the backyard and trying the jump pass and failing, um, <laughs> but attempting those things. Um, but like hearing him saying, you know, I have this platform now. Mm. A lot of people know me, and I'm not going to waste it, mm. and I'm going to use it for the glory of God. Mm. You know, where and I think about my life, I was living everything for the glory of Jacob. Mm. You know, and trying to make my name great. Tebow was out there saying, I'm going to use my testimony to make Jesus great. And, and the thing that, you know, we I hear you talk about all the time, too, is, you know, for, it was a theme in Tebow's message is you only get one chance here. Mm-hmm. And what are we going to do with it? You know, are we going to give it all for the kingdom or are we going to give it all to our selfish desires? You mm-hmm. know, um, so like just hearing, seeing Tim Tebow use his platform, but also at the same time to say, Guys, what are you living for? Mm. What do you? All these other things are going to return empty. Mm-hmm. But live for Christ, and if you've never lived for Christ, do it now. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who you are when you walked in this room; it's who you are when you leave this room. Mm. Um, so that's just—I mean, thirty thousand feet. Oh, yeah. uh, that, that's kind of where it where it hit me. And I think just from talking to some guys there, that's kind of like you know, what have I been doing? Yeah. Like, what is the purpose of my life? You yeah. know, I, I don't want it to be what it was before. I want it yeah. to be. God, family, mm. and then work is way down where work was a, a, the number one priority. You know, I want to provide for my family, but that's not who I am. Right. A, a son of God is who I am. Yeah. And then a father, and then a husband, and then, mm. you know, and so on down the line. And that's so true, man. I mean, as guys, we find our identity in our job, you know, yeah. a lot of times and in our work. And then if something gets out of kilter there, then our whole self worth falls apart, you right. know. Or, we find our identity in money or success. You know, we want to measure ourselves by that. But man, when we find our identity in Christ, it's so freeing and the joy that comes and the purpose that comes. And and man, that we can bless other people. And the amazing part, it's like, you know, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. That's when you flourish, you right, know. But, right. but when we try to do it on our own, man, we fall apart. And so, hey, what would you say to guys about the next steps for a man kind of after verses, you know? Maybe they were there, maybe they weren't there, but but that night it's all about you know how, what is taking the next step. So what 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 would you say those are? Yeah, I would say like kind of back to my testimony again is I didn't really start growing in Christ likeness till I had a small group of other men around mm. me, and I really think that is the heart of everything we're doing is for you to have people that have your six, you know, people that have your back, people around you, and people that you can go to and say. You know, today was a hard day. Mm. You know, I struggled as a father today. I struggled in my work. You know, I, I struggled with anger. Whatever it is of having people in your life that know you well enough to either speak truth to you or just listen to you when you need somebody mm-hmm. to listen to. So I think the next step is if there's anybody listening to this or came to verses or even didn't come to verses who don't have a small group of men in their life um, to walk with them and to be their um not just support group, but community group. And when I say community, I mean the people that are there in the valleys, but also the peaks, the people that are just always locked arms with mm. you. Um, so like I would say the next step is wherever you are, if you're you know at a church and you go to someone and say, hey, I need community and let them help you find it. And, um, and we can help you do that as well, You know, help you find a group if you're here locally, but even um, nationally, we have online groups of helping people connect. So just finding a way to find smaller 
groups of people. I mean, that's what Jesus taught us. You know, Jesus would be with the masses, but he also would revert back to the 12 and hang out with them. And he taught us this idea of smaller community and how to go deeper into things. Because he would he would talk about big things with the crowds, but then he would go with deeper things and accountability with the 12. So um, just finding that next step of community. Mm, that's big. So, so how do you encourage men to grow spiritually? You, right, we find this sense of community. Uh, what else? What are the other steps or what are the encouragements? Would you yeah, give? you know, it, it, as humans, but specifically as men, we have habits in our life. Oh, yeah. Good habits, bad habits. Uh, taking a step back and taking a habit inventory, you know, and mm. saying, what are the things I do on a regular basis and what is this habit forming me into? Yeah. You know, when we, if you work out, on a daily basis, you say, okay, I'm working out. That's a habit I do. What does it form me into? A more healthy person. But also saying, oh, I watched, you know, 12 episodes of Netflix binging. That's a habit I have, good or bad, whatever you want to think about that. What is it forming me into? Yeah. What is the message from this? So the question would be, once you do a habit inventory, what am I being formed into by the things I'm doing? What are the spiritual habits that I have in my life? Mm. Because first and foremost, I think the most important habit of a follower of Christ is spending time in God's Word. And when you do that, when you carve out time and, and intentional with that, what is it forming me into? Because if we're going to follow Christ, we want to know who Christ was. What was he like? How did he treat people? Um, so I think the, the biggest step, if you're listening to this and you've, you don't have a daily habit of being in the Word, finding a way to do it. Like we're going through the book of Mark right yeah. now. And we have a daily step that's going through the book of Mark, and it's just a little bit at a time. You don't have to, sometimes people get overwhelmed when they start reading the Bible. They start reading in Genesis, and they get lost in the desert, and then they, they stop, and it's like, uh, I give up. And they, uh, But starting simply and just, just read a little bit every day. Mm-hmm. And then add prayer to that of saying, you know, it doesn't have to be two separate things. It could be the same thing. Let me pray before I read. God, help me to understand what I read. Mm-hmm. When, you get, when you get done reading, God, help me to do what this word says. And then you've just said, created a spiritual habit of saying, I'm going to spend time in the word. And I'm going to spend time talking to the father daily. Those are just two easy steps. And mm. usually you're either doing both, or you're doing some, or you're wavering of just saying, I'm going to commit to do this before I do anything else, before mm-hmm. I grab my phone. Mm-hmm. Because when you grab your phone is the first thing, you're already down a path. You're already being formed into yeah. something. I'm saying before I even touch that phone, I'm going to touch the word. Mm. And you can look at the word on your phone too, so it's okay if that's what you do. And if it's, if you're like, I'm not a big reader, listen to the word. Yeah. I mean, that's what they uh, did in the early church. They were listening to the word read yeah. aloud. Listen to it. That's fine. I love that. Whatever you got to do to just be in the presence of God and learn more about Him, make it a habit. I love that, man. Because those habits that that forms who you are, right? Every decision you make is leading you toward a direction and. And I think you're exactly right. A lot of times I'll listen on my drive in to work, you know, and I'll put uh, a podcast on or put scripture on and just let that instead of listening to the radio. It's funny, I will go, well, I don't have time. And then we watch SportsCenter, you know, right, right, right. <laughs> sit there right. and then, you know, watch show on Netflix or whatever. We, we have time. Yeah. The time's not the issue. Yeah. The priority is the issue, right? And uh, not that those things are bad, but, but man, what am I prioritizing and how am I growing? I think that's so powerful, you know. And it's funny, you'll talk to guys and, uh, you know, it's just like, well, it's just hard to get up in the morning. And you're like, well, if you had a tea time, would you get up? Oh, yeah. Never miss it. You know? <laughs> I'm never late on that one, you know. If I'm going hunting, oh, yeah, I can get yeah. up at 3 in the morning, yeah. you know. Uh, but somehow it's like, uh, so it really is. It comes down to those priorities. And, and I think at the end of the day, you know, you begin to see it as like you think, oh, I have to read the Bible. 
But once you start reading the Bible and start God starts meeting you in it, you start to see it differently and say, I get to read yes, the Bible. Yes. I get to spend time with the Lord. Yeah. And you begin to crave it more and more because it is spiritual food. You're starting to nourish yourself on the Word of God. That's why Jesus frequently calls it the bread of life, yeah. you know, the, the water. I mean, it's bread and water because it's what truly feeds us yeah. outside of those things. So, like, you know, golf. I mean, golf can make you angry, but you hit one <laughs> shot and you're like, I, I want to play golf again because I hit that one great shot. Yeah. Well, when you're reading the Bible and you start to truly understand through the spirit of what's going on, you want more and more of it. And it's greater than any great tee shot that you could ever hit. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so good. That's so good. All right. So our whole theme with verses has always been this don't go alone. Don't go alone. So, so why do you think that's so important? Especially for guys. Yeah, I, I think the first step is understanding what the, the versus piece of it. Mm. Like that we are, like you said earlier, we are in a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, I love reading military strategy, like oh, yeah. grand strategy stuff. And like every great military strategist uses one primary way uh, of getting an advantage in a battle and it's deception. Mm. It's like faint this way and you're really coming in the opposite flank, you know. So it's all, they're, they're trying to trick you and to think the battle is going one way when it's really going another. Or to even better, to not even let you know that you're under attack or in a battle. Yeah. And I think that's what the enemy does to, to men and really all humans mm-hmm. is make us believe we're not in a battle. So the, the, the primary deception is you're not in a battle at all. When really the enemy wants our home, wants our heart, wants all of who we are. Didn't want anybody to follow Christ. So we are in a battle. So the versus thing is that is understanding we're in a battle. The second part of that deception is that we're alone in the battle, Mm. that we're left on an island by ourselves trying to survive. When like the guy that saw it versus we're not in that. That was his deception. And when he Mm. came in, he realized I'm not alone. There's a bunch of men in the boat that I'm in and we're in this together. And that's the point of getting into community is not going alone and knowing that I have people with me that are go- going through this battle together, that we can encourage each other and really hold each other accountable and push people forward. And then the other piece is that we don't have any weapons to fight in the battle. Mm. That we're in a battle, we may be with other people, but we're helpless and we just have to sit back and wait. But that's not how God acts. Mm-mm. We already talked about one of them. He gave us the weapon of the word mm-hmm. to uh, read the truth where Satan says we're one thing, God says we're something else. Where he says we're abandoned, he says we're his sons and daughters, you know, like of using the weapon of the word. And then the other one, the weapon of prayer that, you know, when you isolate, you know, what is the first thing that a military takes out? They take out the communication lines Mm -hmm. so you can't talk. Well, the enemy thinks we don't have communication lines. When we do, we can talk to the father. So those are just two of the weapons of war that we have together. So like we don't go alone. And as we're not going along, here are the weapons that God gave us to fight the battle for his kingdom. Um, together. So, dude, I love that. I mean, it, it's so true, right? It's so true that deception that Satan wants us to know. I'm not that think everything's fine, you know, even though we're having trouble at home or having trouble with our kids or trouble in marriage or trouble with our roommates or, or we're just unsettled in life. It, but Satan's like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. You know, live, at a, live for money or whatever else. That deception, and we don't realize, hey, we've got an enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy, like Jesus said. And then when we realize we're in the battle, man, then we get some guys around us and we fight it and we have weapons to fight that. That was so good, Jacob. I love that story Tebow told, you know, and he was talked about that they were in that, that battle, that war, and the firefight was coming and the one dude got scared and he ran off. He's hiding in the Humvee and his buddy comes and grabs him by the back of the neck and pulls him back out in the battle, you know, and it's right. like, we need guys who are going to pull us back out in the battle and say, hey, man, wake up, you know, we can't just hide and bury our heads. So, yeah. 
Hey, talk about that because you wrote a whole curriculum that goes along with Versus, right? So there's this five-week curriculum. And talk a little about that and why that's so important for guys. Yeah, we put a team together to kind of, as we're looking at this, the second Versus conference, you know, that idea of deception, you know, mm -hmm. like that men think they don't have any weapons. That's why the curriculum is called Weapons of War, a way for us to battle in this spiritual battle um, that we're in. And it really comes down to, you know, fighting the deception that we're in a war, and then what are the weapons that we have. And, and really the weapons that we identified is, which God gives us a whole array, a whole quiver of yeah. things to fight the spiritual battle, but the weapon of the word, mm -hmm. the weapon of prayer, the weapon of worship, and the weapon of community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we kind of already talked about those other two weapons, but like when you think about the weapon of worship, the enemy, because we're worshipers by nature, the enemy wants to take the true thing we should be worshiping and replace it with something else. So um, whether we worship our job or we worship a relationship or we worship um, just something that we put in the place that it doesn't belong, which we know that anything in a place above God is an idol. So he wants to put idols in our life. And when they put it and we begin to um, show some uh, attention towards that idol, it's like, you know, in the back to the military battle and then like an opening salvo on our spiritual life, you try to find the weakness in the wall. When the enemy puts something in front of us and says, oh, look, he shows some interest in this, this relationship or this thing, I'm going to go even further in mm -hmm. this hole in, in the wall and see if I can get some uh, attraction to this thing. So the weapon of worship is that when we begin to um, spend time in the Word, spend time in prayer, we begin to tune our hearts to worshiping God above all things. Mm -hmm. And that protects us from having a space in the wall for an idol of this, that money, whatever it is, which anything can be an idol if yeah. it goes into the wrong place. So there's the weapon of worship. And then the final one is just the weapon of community. Yeah. Um, what is, how does the wolf attack the sheep? He draws him out from the rest of the flock. Yep. Um, and mm. that's why, you know, in Psalm 23, Jesus says, uh, you know, it talks about Jesus being our shepherd, mm. that he's going to guide us to still waters. He's not going to guide us to be isolated. He's going to guide us together with the rest of the flock, being protected by, protected by the shepherd and protected by the rest of the sheep being together. Um, and I think, you know, men, men are by nature isolated. So that weapon of community just fights back on the idea that um, you have to go alone. But God is telling us through versus conference, using mm -hmm. versus conference, using his word, using people around to say, you do not have to go alone. Yep. I've given you this weapon of being with other people. The disciples had each other. Mm -hmm. Even after Jesus had left, they had the Holy Spirit and they had, because Jesus himself said he would never leave us and forsake us. Right. That even if we are pulled from the flock, Jesus is still with us. Mm -hmm. So we are always in community with Jesus, but he, he gave us his hands and feet around us of other believers to mm. protect us. So That's awesome. Hey, where do you find that curriculum? Like if you want to get a group of guys and start meeting, like say Chick-fil-A, you know, once a week at breakfast, or you wanted to meet at somebody's house, you know, once a week, where, where, do, you, where do you get all that? Well, first, if it's at Chick-fil-A, you have to invite me to yeah. come <laughs> to be a part of it so I can. Chicken minis, um, <laughs> It's funny where my men's group meets. There's a couple other men's group that, that meets, and there's an older group there, and they always make fun of our younger group. They're, how long y'all been meeting? We're like, we've been meeting for about a year together. Well, we've been meeting 19 years together. Like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. But um, the, at the link in this podcast, there is a place where you can Perfect. download the 
download the uh, curriculum for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just wanted, we did that as a gift to men to where, you know, you're not having to go. We're trying to take away any barriers for you finding community and finding the truth of God's word, finding the truth that you don't have to go alone. So you can download that on our website and I'm sure in the, the notes to this podcast, you can find a link to that. It's just a free download. It's made to where you can look at it on your phone. You don't have to pull it on your computer. You don't have to print it. There's a video for each one. Uh, really some awesome godly men like mm-hmm. you, Pastor Jeff, talking mm-hmm. about each one of these. So you can watch the video before you meet, come together. There's some discussion questions uh, and just start walking together in community. So that's great. That's great. Well, and I know the Rolling Hills app, you've got some, you know, the daily steps on there yep. and different ways for guys yep. to, to be growing. And as you talk about the habits you're trying to build yeah, on our yeah, website, yeah. we have the Next Steps Disciples Guide, which has um, videos and resources of how to build those habits in our life. And what are some of the other habits um, of like Sabbath rest and just a bunch of different things of trying to be a resource for people trying to follow Jesus that's on a daily awesome. basis. Hey, any final encouragement you give to men today about being spiritual leaders. I mean, as we, you know, we endeavor that in our own hearts and lives, but man, what encouragement would you give us? I would say I'm a real practical guy. I'm <laughs> like, what's the thing I can do today to take my next step? Mm. Um, it doesn't matter what we did yesterday. It matters. What am I going to do today to take the next step? Whether it be emailing somebody about community or finding a Bible reading plan and say, I'm going to, I'm going to carve out this time. I have to wake up at five thirty with so many kids. I have to wake up at five thirty to read the Bible. That's I just know that's what I have to do. And I make a commitment. I set my alarm and I'm going to do it. Um, because it's a high priority for me of saying, what's the habit I'm going to build in, but just what is my next step and how am I going to do it today? Don't wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow is never going to come. You got today. What am I going to do today to take that step to follow Jesus, to be more like him, to be a godly father, to be a godly businessman, whatever it is, wherever God's put me, what am I going to do today to take that next step? That's great. That's great. Hey, Jacob, what do you want your legacy to be? Man, (laughs) Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it, it really all, it comes back to uh, my family. Mm. Um, you know, I recently did a, a funeral, and, you know, as you hear people talking about the legacy of the person that passed away, you know, what do I want my family to say about me mm. when, I, when I'm gone? What do I want them to say? And at the end of the day, and um, I just wanted to say that, man, my dad really loved Jesus, and I knew that by the way he loved me. Mm. Um, and I, I've said that plenty of times before, but every time I say it, it, it really comes back and just, hits me in the heart of like, am I doing that? Um, and maybe I didn't do it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't see it yesterday. But hopefully they'll see it today. Mm-hmm. And as the longevity of the long obedience in the same direction, they see that. And not just my family, but the people who's close to me, the people I've worked with, like yeah. you guys, hopefully mm-hmm. you see that mm-hmm. in, in my life. If you don't, that's why we have community, so you can tell me. Mm-hmm. Jacob, you didn't look like Jesus today. <laughs> um, and I was like, I, I need those kind of voices in my life. But just that I love Jesus and I, they knew I loved them. So. Mm-hmm. That's powerful, man. I love that. So, hey, guys, let's pray together right now as we close our time. Father God, thank you. God, thank you for your presence right here, right now. Thank you for verses, Father, and the way you moved in such a mighty way that night. And for all the men who accepted Christ, um, guys who are listening even right now, Father, I pray that we grow in you. And I pray for all of us, God, to grow to be spiritual leaders, to be husbands, fathers, but men after your heart, men who seek you all the days of our life. And I I pray right now for every guy listening that we would be, as Psalm 1 said, you know, blessed is man who does not walk in the counsel of wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night, and he will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, 
and whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. So God, let us be men who prosper. Let us be men who, who make a difference for you in our day, in our time. And God, we give you all the praise and all the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, Jacob, thanks so much. That was powerful. So good. And man, I encourage you to take the things you heard today, put it into practice. Don't wait till tomorrow, right? Don't wait till tomorrow. Do it today. Find a place, man. Get plugged in. Get in the Word. And man, start to grow and watch God work in your life. And I just encourage, if you don't have a church, man, come to Rolling Hills. Get here. Be a part. I was talking with a guy last week and you know, he just loves church. And he said, man, I've gone back and listened to every one of the Men's Leadership Network podcasts, all 100. You know, he said, and I need more. So he's growing. It's been awesome to see what God's doing in his life and what God's doing in your life. Hey, join us next month for our next podcast. Uh, you don't want to miss it. This is great to have Shay Mooney last month and Jacob this month. And man, we'll have incredible times coming up over the summer. Also be watching every Friday for the Man Minute. And I just want to pray for you, and I just want to encourage you, man. Let's be the spiritual leaders God's created us to be, and we're on this journey together. So don't go alone. All right, thanks for joining in today. God bless. As always, if you were impacted by today's podcast, we'll hope you'll subscribe, comment, and share this podcast with your friends. And be sure to join our email list to make sure you never miss an episode. You can do that now and find all of our past episodes at mensleadershipnetwork.com. We'll be back with a new episode on the first Monday of every month. Thanks for listening.